Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to 50 Shades of Blue. We're on to episode three. We have made it into the new year against all odds. For this episode, Chase and I talk about the recent coaching changes at BYU uh, for the football team. Uh, we also go into BYU basketball superlatives because there's not a lot of basketball going on for BYU right now. So we talk about most likely and which players are most likely to do this. And uh, we have a little fun with this one. Don't really take it too seriously. And. From there, we compare Jimmer and Magic's tweets. I actually quiz Chase on whether or not Jimmer or Magic is tweeting, and uh, it does not go very well for Chase. Uh, anyway, hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for listening. I don't like Utah. In fact, I hate them. I hate everything about them. I hate the program. I hate their fans. I hate everything. So it felt really good to send those guys home. Jimmer Fredette has become a big-time college basketball star at BYU. That's one of my lyrics in the song. There couldn't be a, a prouder older brother than Carlino. Me. A bounce to Haas. Haas posting up short corner right to the middle. Fades away. Go! Yeah! Gotta watch the three. When you do what's right on and off the field, uh, I, I think the Lord steps in and, and uh, plays a you know plays a part in that. Magic happens. All right, we're back at it uh, this week with Chase with us again. Um, the big news kind of coming out of BYU football is that Grimes is moving on, which I guess we kind of saw coming. We didn't think it was much of a surprise. There was, um, talk that maybe he was going to be in some head coaching discussions for schools like Utah State and things like that. But, um, turns out Baylor swooped in a big 12 program and grabbed him as an offensive coordinator, which makes a lot of sense to me as a move kind of, it's not exactly a lateral move. Uh, moving up to a P5, but in the same position, that, you know, that means his next move is then probably a better P5 as the same in same offensive coordinating position or as a head coach. Um, so, kind of nice to see that. Not not totally unexpected. Um, but I guess it comes down to who the next offensive coordinator is going to be for BYU, which will most likely be an in-house hire. The biggest concern that I have personally is that it's there are talks that maybe Grimes takes Mateos with him who's the offensive line coach who I actually think brings one of the most underrated aspects uh to the table for BYU football because I, I think our offensive line was probably the best single position group that we actually had this last season what do you think yeah I think uh I think losing Grimes it does kind of suck, and I, I mean, I expected it fully after this year. Uh, after, you know, you saw we were ranked number three or something in points per game, and it was pretty obvious to me that if an opportunity came, he would take it. And I think with Grimes, you have a situation uh, where obviously he can't climb the ladder any higher at BYU because he's not, you know, Temple recommend holding LDS guy. And so, you know, for him, it makes Which, total. by the way, you know Kellen Moore is 
offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. I thought that was an interesting side note that he's technically in the coaching mix for BYU football at some point. Did and uh, it probably will never happen. Did did he take the Boise State job? Whatever happened with that? I actually don't know the update there. It doesn't sound like that's beneficial. So he was in the mix with another guy, I know, but I don't think they've really made a. Uh, I don't know if Boise State's announced anything at this point. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, so if I'm Grimes, I mean, I want to be at a program where I, I have the ability to move upward, and at BYU, he just doesn't have that. So not only is he probably making a lot more money than he was before, but he also has more upward mobility now. So it makes sense for him. I don't blame him at all. Um, as far as where we move from here, I think uh, I think we're going to be okay from the X's and O's and the play calling uh, standpoint of things i think uh a rod and fessy sataki seem to uh handle that load pretty well i mean in the bowl game we didn't have grimes and we didn't miss a beat but i do wonder as far as do we know for sure we didn't have grimes like that was the rumor that he wasn't around at all he was nowhere to be seen but that's what i heard i i, I don't know how legit that is but it, it i have heard rumors throughout grimes's tenure especially the last year and a half or so that there have been ma- many occasions where he wasn't fully in charge of the play calling responsibilities and so i think we'll be fine in that respect what what i wonder is how much did grimes bring to the table in terms of bringing a winning culture to the program offensively and then you know his emphasis on the offensive line being an o-line guy um how much of that's going to be missed and how is that going to reflect on our on our program moving forward um so i guess we'll have to wait and see and that's why yeah i think to your point uh about the old uh, Mateos, um, if he were to go with Grimes, that could uh, maybe make the loss a little bigger. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see what he does. But I imagine if he's offered, he'll go as well. So uh, The update, by the way, is that uh, apparently Kellen Moore accepted uh, an extension with Dallas All right. as their offensive coordinator. So I don't know if that means he turned down the Boise job. That's really interesting because if he did turn down the Boise job, there's no way he'd coach at BYU. Um at any point it means he's probably banking on being more in the nfl mix maybe i mean like coordinator and head coach i like to i like to think byu is a is an upgrade from boise state but maybe kellen's ties to boise state so they may be able to pay their coaches slightly more but i don't think by much if anything and to coaches that's pretty much all that matters i think i mean you could go into kind of total prowess but at the end of the day, I think prestige really comes from how much money you're making as a head coach. I don't think it really matters where you're coaching as much to yeah, that. That's I mean, my that's my own speculation. Yeah, if it ever happened, it would have to be the right timing and everything. And who knows? I mean, it sounds like we're with Sataki for for the foreseeable future. So I don't think that's going to be a, an opening anytime soon. Which actually brings up a question: Do you think do you think Sataki, if you ever had a better offer? You know, similar to what Grimes had, other but as a head coach somewhere like that, kind of like what happened with Bronco. Would do you think he would take the job, or do you think Sataki is a, a loyal BYU blue and through guy? Um, I kind of think I think he's a BYU guy. I think he wanted to be the next Lavelle. Um, whether or not he actually gets to that point, no clue. But I think he would like to be kind of just at home yeah uh, I mean, and i think he considers byu home which is cool but uh 
I mean, we'll just see how that plays out. I that that's my own that's my own thought on that. I think, I think he really is about as loyal to BYU as it gets. Yeah, uh, I mean, because yeah, like, Bron- Bronco was never a true BYU guy. Bronco basically took no, an opportunity, wasn't. but he you know he didn't have the pass with BYU that Satake has. So yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think Satake would ever accept another job. I think he would stick with BYU as long as we're willing to stick with him, which makes me think he'll probably be here for ten more years. To be honest possible it's possible which yeah there's there's a likelihood of that um especially when he gets extended the way he did after his first contract which i had issues with but we'll get to that on another time um i so satake is i just really think he loves the conflation of kind of the spiritual growth and like these turning young turning boys into young men um with football and obviously you can do that in other programs but kind of the the church aspect of that and how that really kind of becomes a salient theme throughout all of um that like the football culture at BYU I think Satake loves that and it's just kind of like the honor code I think he's probably a pretty big advocate of the honor code whether or not it gets enforced at its fullest is another question but I do think deep down he, he really believes in that and um and and does think that it is the best um growth mechanism for these kind of these boys to men yeah and no, i i think i think he he loves the job i think and he also has a little bit more i would say love from the fans uh, than bronco did just because bronco was kind of awkward with the media and he wasn't really a fans coach um which hot. i i mean <laughs> I hated that the media seemed to dictate whether or not, like, just because he was awkward with the media, which he was, I, it was kind of funny. I even had my own experience when I was writing for KSL. Um, the, uh, like, Bronco was a little bit warmer than most people wanted to believe, I think, because I was, you know, when you're, when you're a reporter, you're a journalist, and you got your phone up there recording the press conferences, I remember it was after a game. This would have been 2011, and my phone kept ringing um, while it was recording Broncos. Very unprofessional, quite frankly. And um, finally, like it rang, rang again, and I'm just going up there while Broncos talking. I just go up there to grab it so I can turn off, just put the whole thing on freaking silent or like on airplane mode. And Bronco stops in the middle of it, and he says, "Tell her you call her back." <laughs> and it was like he—he he didn't say it in a rude way; like he actually was just kind of being jokey about it. And um, I thought it was pretty funny. But I—I I hate that it kind of seemed like local media was the reason why Bronco had such a bad reputation. For whatever reason, they didn't like him that much, and I think that definitely had a trickle down effect to a lot of the fan base and just kind of thinking, well, if he's not like a likable guy, then I'm not sure how much I like him myself. I don't know. He's definitely a weird guy. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. And Satake well, obviously has that X factor where he's just, the media just likes him for whatever reason that may be. Well, the media likes him. I think Satake is a little more humbler, a little, a little more of a humble guy. Um, Bronco, I think he kind of had this the, complex of, he felt like he wasn't appreciated at BYU and I think it was kind of a, a source of insecurity for him. And I think Satake, he's a little bit more willing to put up with that because Satake deals with it too, like fans being pissed off about the 2017 season and everything. But I think he just he carries that a little better. 
and it, it doesn't show his there may be some truth to that yeah. i'll give you that there may be some truth to that i there is a possibility that bronco carried the chip on his shoulder from never getting recruited by byu uh, when he was a player and he specifically he tells the story he went to Oregon State because BYU was on Oregon State's schedule and he specifically chose them just so he'd play BYU there was a clear bitterness that he held in that respect I don't think it was his plan the whole time to like then they'll finally hire me as their coach but it is it is probably true that maybe he dealt with those insecurities in a different way that's I, I'll give yeah. you that and it does seem like Satake kind of owns up to that a little bit more there's a possibility there mm-hmm um, so now knowing what we know uh, between Bronco and having having seen Bronco coach at BYU for a decade and then now having seen Kalani for about half that time, uh, how do you think the two stack up and you know wh- how would you grade Kalani compared to what we w- what you think we would have seen from Bronco? Um, that's a good question. I. I think I need a, I mean, this is going to be a cop-out answer, but I think I need a bigger pool from Kalani. I just, you, I can't help but think this last season Bronco would have been able to do everything Kalani did. Um, it does, like you've mentioned before, how, you know, the, the main difference between Bronco and Kalani is that Bronco wins all the games he was supposed to win and then gets blown out randomly. Not necessarily randomly, but blown out by pretty good teams. Whereas Kalani doesn't win all the games he should win, but doesn't tend to get blown out. And he can actually, like, give give a game to, like, the big schools or, like, you know, kind of show up in big places. But, like, for whatever reason, uh, the Bronco era came with, like, these players getting into their own heads. And I think that's why we could never overcome beating Utah. Yeah. Um, I'd say Bronco is going to give us the better overall winning percentage. Kalani maybe has a better chance at giving us that one special season where we go and knock off a giant or something like that. I just, I feel like Bronco was super predictable. You pretty much knew we were going to beat the bad teams and we were probably going to lose to the good teams. And Kalani is more like, I don't know what's coming. So it's kind of take your pick. I, I, I personally prefer as a fan to have that hope of a, of a special season every five years rather than going eight and four every year. So I would say if I had to pick now, I would take Kalani. Just with that, you know, that simplified version of the two coaches um, presented before me, I would I would take Kalani over Bronco. There were certainly no surprises, that's for sure. But um, with Bronco, I mean. But yeah. Anyway, um, so just kind of to close out this original topic, I I think the biggest. The biggest concern I'm going to see, I think, moving forward, or I'm going to have is, you know, whether or not we lose Mateos, I think will be very telling if, if Grimes tries to take him with him, which is very possible. Um, but also, we lost so many starters, and that includes a couple of offensive linemen that are leaving for the NFL. And I, I, I'm, I'm nervous because the new coaching staff, like the new offensive coordinator, is going to have to deal with a really trimmed-down version of what we saw this last season and against quite a bit of a harder schedule. So it's going to be a bad combination where we're going to think, oh, shoot, maybe we're not really nearly as good as we thought. And I just feel like there's going to be a lot of oversight, uh, or I guess I should say people overlooking kind of like these major variables that we're seeing. We're losing 
a lot of our best offensive players, you know, obviously Wilson and then Dax Milne and, um, and then some key offensive linemen, but um, not, not to mention the harder schedule next year compared to this last year. So it's going to be tough seeing how this next year plays out and how much of a referendum that will be on the, the kind of the new offensive coordinator and whoever else might be new on the staff. I, I don't know. It's going to be a little bit scary and interesting at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I have zero expectations as far as next year goes. Uh, we could be anywhere from a fringe top 25 team to going back to these 500 records that we've seen the last couple of years. So it, we just have so much changing. Um, I, I think we bring back enough depth that there is hope to be good, but there's just way, way too many variables, and I, it's going to be hard to pin any lack of success on one factor, whether that be coaches or new quarterback or uh, turnover on the offensive line in the receiver position there's next year is just a complete unknown at this point yeah absolutely um but i did hear some interesting things uh in terms of like what byu's moves are and kind of some thoughts that like other people that i really trust whose opinion i really trust thought that it was ridiculous that dax milne left uh when he did and that differences for like Dax Milner that like he's just a workhorse, but quite frankly, athletically, he just doesn't really have it. So his time in the NFL might be just a total bust. And that th- specifically this person that I was talking with was saying that not only will Dax Milner really not do anything in the NFL, like he's like, I think he should actually just take advantage of his time in college because those will be the best years of his life. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking this, like that sounds that sounds pretty likely to me as well. I, I don't, I don't think there's really, I mean, you obviously can make the comparison to like Edelman or Amendola or Wes Welker type for Dax Milne, but those guys are so system specific. Pick your white receiver. I think receiver. it's very rare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All white wide receivers. Well, <laughs> I don't think he's as fast as any of those guys for one. Um, but they're also very system specific, right? And all three of those guys thrived with a very specific type of quarterback all in the Patriot system at one time or another for one and another some of them or all of them at one point catching from the best quarterback of all time and the other from the second best quarterback of all time that's probably not true but he's at least a top five for sure in Tom Brady and Peyton Manning so I just don't see it happening for Dax Milne I think too many stars would have to align for him to even have somewhat of a formidable career in the NFL and I just don't see that happening so I think it's a huge mistake for him leaving early but yeah that one caught me off guard I I didn't I didn't even know that was on the table uh is that uh, Milne going to the NFL this quickly I I thought you know he had a great season maybe next year was going to be his year to solidify his place somewhere in the draft but this totally caught me off guard um I don't do we know where where he's projected to go is he's like supposed to be a fourth fifth round guy or I haven't really seen much. I don't think he's projected at all. I don't think he's projected to get drafted. That would be so embarrassing. It would be like an Eric Mika situation where you you have... I don't think it was embarrassing for Eric Mika at all. To leave early and go play in Europe? No. How is that? That, That's ridiculous. No, it's not embarrassing, though. I think Mika wanted to get out. I think he hated playing at BYU. Um, And I thought he, he... Basically, the locker room dynamic probably changed enough where he's like, this isn't what I'm about, and I have a chance to go play in Italy. Might as well shoot for the NBA while I'm at it, but 
if I can't get there. Italy sounds like a great second best because I served there. I speak Italian. My wife served there as well. She speaks Italian. We could go thrive there. We know that. So yeah, I'm over this BYU locker room thing. I think that's a terrible referendum on Coach Rose specifically, which by the way, with all due respect, uh, we're obviously watching over him and hoping everything turns out well there because he's uh, he's not looking too good health-wise with that recent stroke. But um, just trying to be objective here, I think that was an indication that Coach Rose lost control of his locker room and wasn't really present in that sense. And he kind of let the inmates run the asylum to some degree. I think Nick Emery became super toxic. And I think he tried to kind of draw these lines within the very basketball team he was on, and I think it caused a lot of problems. And I think Mika probably saw this and was kind of like, I'm not really about this. Like, there's no real cohesion here. And I think he bounced for that reason. And I don't think it's an embarrassment that he didn't make the NBA leaving after his sophomore year because, I mean, it's it's two rounds. It's really hard to get drafted. He had a shot at the summer league. Um, he took it and didn't pan out. So we went to Italy. I think I think that was honestly, I think Italy was always kind of in the cards for him, uh, barring some miracle that he probably even understood was somewhat of a miracle to make it to the NBA. Well, I have an insider source that says that uh, the reason Mika left the team is because he didn't get invited to Harry Potter World. <laughs> there you go, dude. It's those same lines that Nick Emery's freaking drawing. Yeah. There you have it. I mean, I wouldn't blame him either. I'd, I'd rather go to Italy than Harry Potter World any day anyway. So, Yeah, exactly. Plus, uh, Nick Emery was probably jealous because Eric Mika probably would have gotten elected into Gryffindor's house, and he knew he had Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff or whatever it was written all over him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, it, yeah, going, going back to Mill, and yeah, it, I'll root for the guy, but that one kind of caught me off guard. When when you're when you're Zach Wilson and you're being told that you're going to be a top ten draft pick, like yeah, I'm not going to blame you for going. But that just that was a little no. Bit that weird. one makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. And if if anything, we'd all be weirded out if he stayed. Yeah, like we we really would. I mean, the, like Zach Wilson, sure he'll forever be a BYU fan, but he's not a BYU guy. There's a difference there. Yeah. Yeah, is that, and Milne was a walk-on, so he probably had a little bit more BYU blood in him than uh, than Wilson. But whatever, you know. Yeah, absolutely. He, I think it's overall it's probably good for the program to have people go on to the NFL. Um, but in the short term, it hurts you, obviously. And uh, yeah, I mean, here and that's another thing too. Like to my point, where I don't think Milne is going to be that great in the NFL if he even has a shot. Along those lines. Milnes don't come around too rarely in at BYU, so I'll, like fine. Like, and I, and I know we talked about this in a previous episode, but I'm still not convinced he's that much better than Gunnar Romney. I think Gunnar Romney can be on that level. He just needs to step it up a little bit. I think athletically, yeah, I think you're right. I think Milne probably just worked harder. I'll give you that. Um, I, yeah. We'll we'll see. I I also the same the same person whose opinion I was mentioning and really trusted and bought into also mentioned some potential transfers coming to BYU, which will be really interesting to see if that plays out. Um, and specifically in the receiver position, I guess is being targeted um, as well as the safety position. So it could work out. It could work out, but uh, we'll see. Well, I think that needs to be kind of our, our thing moving forward is 
every year we need to be plugging the holes with transfers. Uh, I think that that's kind of the key at a place like BYU where you're not recruiting four-star, five-star talent every year is you got to find these guys that maybe were at that level in high school and aren't happy at whatever school they're at. And I think that's kind of what we did with Tyson Williams. Obviously, it didn't work out with him getting injured and stuff, but I think every year we need to have a few of those guys coming into the program. So we'll see. Could not agree more. I wonder if that was a Grimes thing. Yeah, I think Grimes was a good recruiter. I, I think he uh, – I mean, he just seems like a guy that would be convincing if he were to come to your house and tell you how good you were going to be. I feel like – Well, specifically for the transfer portal guys too, though, I mean, I think he kind of made an emphasis to get those transfers, it seemed oh, like. Now, yeah. Stewart we knew was that way. Yeah, he was good. Stewart was definitely all about trying to find, like, the best running back transfer, and he killed it in that respect. And, like, best wishes to Stewart, man. Like, that guy – I, I I think he's gonna go places for sure. Do we know? Is he is he still at Arizona? He probably is. Probably he wasn't LDS, was he? No, he wasn't. Yeah. So what, how do you feel about like getting these non-LDS coaches who maybe bring something to the table with recruiting, with having a, a unique angle on recruiting the non-LDS kids, but at the same time they're far less likely to stick around, and you know maybe at best we're gonna get two or three years out of them if they're successful and they're going to move on to other opportunities where maybe they have a higher ceiling. Um, how do you feel about getting those guys, like those types of coaches? Oh, but yeah, I think that's totally f- – I mean, we got to just take what we can get. Like, it's just rare. Like, because the, the, the alternative is just finding guys that are members of the church or temple recommend holding guys, and I don't think we have that luxury. Yeah, and we, we're, we're already kind of shoehorned into having head coaches in that position, so I think – you know, if with the assistant coaches, we need to branch out a little bit. It just comes with the turnover that we see when when we when we do well. So, damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't. If you don't win, you lose everyone because they suck. And if you do win, you lose them because they're good. You got to be right in the middle there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, this sounds like it's getting boring. So let's move on. Um, BYU basketball may never play another game again. And conversely, Gonzaga basketball may not lose another game for the next seven years. Uh, yeah, they are. Gonzaga is looking like possible. I mean, not only the best team in the country, I think they've had the most impressive run to start the season that I've seen any basketball team have in the last, I mean, in recent memory, at least. I mean, they've beat three or four of the top ten already. Uh I, I even and, though, and like they killed them too. Like with the freaking dominated Virginia, the defending national champs, which I know doesn't mean much necessarily. It's not like this professional where like most of the team is intact. I don't know what Virginia's status is, but they embarrassed them. Like beat them by like thirty points, and Virginia was ranked like sixteenth in the nation, and Gonzaga was just like, "You don't belong on this court with us." <laughs> it's it's insane, and. Gonzaga's never going to lose again. BYU may have all their games get canceled because of COVID. Well, it doesn't help that we're playing in a conference full of California schools. Uh, they they just take this whole COVID protocol to another level. So, yeah, it's going to be – it could Good be point. an interesting conference season as far as getting, getting enough games in to make a resume. So, from there, let's go ahead and move on to BYU basketball superlatives. Um, most likely – to do this or that and i'll go ahead and start um actually unless you want to start no, you, I don't go, really you care. go for it yeah let's hear what you got all right 
So for BYU basketball, who do you think is most likely to transfer to UVU after this season? <laughs> Ooh. I could see um, – oh, who's that point guard? I don't even remember his name. The point guard from Gonzaga who doesn't really see the court. Uh, Jesse Wade. Yeah, I can see him going. You think, dude? That'd be a, that'd be a terrible fall from grace. He goes, he gets con- recruited and goes to Gonzaga, doesn't play there, goes to BYU, isn't playing a ton here, so he goes to UVU. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be kind of hilarious and sad at the same time. Well, who do you got for that one? I think the most likely to transfer to UVU is Brandon War because I don't know who he is really. I've never heard of him either. <laughs> and I so. think he's. <laughs> he, he came from Westminster. He's now at BYU, and I think he'll go to UVU. Most likely to transfer to UVU, Brandon Moore. Anyway, sorry. What's your what's your superlative? So uh, here's one. Let's see if you can guess who I have for this one. Um, most likely to still have his Pokemon cards. Ooh, if Nick Emery was on the team, he'd be it for sure. Um, I'm gonna go with Caleb Loner. For me, it's Harms. He, really? Why is that? He's European. Uh, do Europeans know about Pokemon? I'm sure they do. He just seems like a guy that might. Have... I'm sure they do. It's like a it's like a Japanese thing, anyway. So I'm not like it's not like it's an American thing, but you think so? I, he you just, think Harms has like. I, he's... I don't have any specific reason for it. He just looks like a guy that you know might have some like secret hobbies on the side like that. With that said, Matt Harms does kind of look like he was drawn for an anime comic there is that yeah it's kind of hard like not he to actually look like looks that. like he was yeah he was drawn by someone that was he was meant to be in an anime comic yeah so i was gonna I'll say that yeah it's hard not to look like that when you're seven three i guess but <laughs> fair enough he actually matt harms kind of looks like the um alien version of sean bradley on space jam yeah, no, he could. If they made a third Space Jam, maybe Matt Harms can find his way onto the roster. Yeah, and they wouldn't even need to CGI it or anything. They could just have him on there. <laughs> just, I mean, his <laughs> neck, no joke, his neck might be like taller than my head. Which, by the way, like, I, longer I, than my head. I mean. And so, how do you feel about how Harms has played so far this year? Now that we've gotten to watch him in action for a little while. He hasn't played a way that I thought we were gonna utilize him. Like, I thought he, we were going to really, like, do a stretch five thing. And he has, like, he kind of has started to indulge in that, like, stretching the court. But it hasn't been as, like, Pope just has that style with all his bigs, which is cool. But Harms hasn't really been, like, a threat in that respect that he was hoping to be, that we were hoping he'd be. But he's been great. I Like, he, he for one, on defense, it's been amazing to see him on defense because he just changes the game down low. And then I think he fits into the system very well offensively as well because he moves he moves well for how big he is seven three like I mean two fifty he's I I I think he's great yeah I mean I I would say I kind of agree his his long range game isn't as good as I thought it would be but his post up game is actually better than I thought it would be so all in all I think it's uh he's about as productive as I thought yeah for sure all right my my next superlative most likely to go into sales after a less than stellar basketball career oh i'm gonna guess uh 
I'm going to go with uh, Erickson on that one. Ooh, why would you say that? I don't know. He just has that face. I don't know. Um, I got Connor Harding for that one. See, for me, Connor Harding. Connor or... Hart. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, for me, Connor Harding was uh, the one who was most likely to call his mission companion Elder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, he does. He definitely looks like a missionary still, for sure. Um, in fact, I think he can be both. But Connor Harding, to me, is hits that sweet, sp- sweet spot perfectly. He's 6'6". He's that guy that, like, you see him, and, and he's just, he's skinny he's 6'6 185 but he's one of those white guys that you see and you're like he had to have played basketball right so he's gonna totally milk that for all it's worth and then since utah's a booming tech community he's gonna be able to float from company to company just having consulting gigs doing whatever basically it's like hey come meet this guy that used to play college basketball in the state um and then we, do you want to buy our products like it's not like that's gonna be basically his gig. I guess that works. And he also has that. If they're selling to Cougar Borders, that might work. Oh no, it is. It does though. Like apparently, that's that's essentially how Jackson Emery still has a job, <laughs> is from what I've heard. Yeah, he I just kind of bounces around. Hey, I mean, I guess if you know, you got you got to you got to cash in somehow. If you're not gonna cash in playing ball, then use your name. Yeah, why not? Right. I'm not knocking it. It's like it, it is what it is. Do what you do. You know. So, um. I guess we already kind of talked about one of your most likelies, but that's that's a good one. Let's go to another one of yours, um, unless you had more to say on that. Yeah. So who so who do you think's the most likely to not wash their hands after number two? Um, probably Gavin Baxter. <laughs> I have Har Harward for that one. <laughs> he just kind of strikes Wait, me. Wait, why Harward? He just kind of he strikes me as a dirty dude. He's got the whole mustache thing going on. I could see him. Maybe he washes his hands if someone else is in the bathroom, but if he has a clear path to the door and no one sees, he's not washing his hands. Okay, maybe I could maybe see that. I uh, like if Zach Selius was on the team, it no question would have been him. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of think Baxter just because Baxter looks like he's just kind of a generally unkempt looking guy, but. Maybe that's just me. No, that's fair. All right. Um, okay, most likely to make future guest appearances on BYU TV, like with the Sports Nation guys and stuff. Ooh, that's going to be It's actually a hard one. I would say Harding on that one. Do you have a reason why? Uh, no, that's just popped into my head. So I think it's between two people. I think it's going to be either Brandon Averett or Caleb Lohner. And I lean Caleb Lohner. I think, especially the Sports Nation guys, like they're so nerdy and they just love like having kind of the guys that are caricatures, basically. The cool guys. And Lohner fits that bill perfectly, right? Like he's got the frizzy hair, he owns it. Like he's kind of a popular athlete among the, all the uh, all the like loser board cougar board guys. So you're, um, so you're saying this more along the lines of who are they going to invite on the show or who's going to volunteer themselves to go on the show? 
Oh yeah, no, it's, it's who who are they gonna invite on the show? But I also think it's two parter though because these guys have to want it and they 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 have to like want to indulge because like here's the thing they would throw out invites to barcelo but barcelo would be like no sorry i care more about basketball i just want to play basketball and barcelo will probably have an awesome career in europe because of that you know um but like you've it's kind of like you have to find that balance of like the guys they want and also the guys that want to be on yeah, and Averett, because Averett just ups their cool factor like a ton. It almost like vindicates them in what they do. Well, it's like the Seinfeld episode where George finally, George makes friends with the cool guy. And it's like the first cool friend he's ever had. I feel like that's the way um, Spencer and Jerem are with finding the exactly. cool players on the basketball team. Yeah, exactly. That's why you have Dennis Pitta coming in like every other week and stuff like that, you know. It's like, so, remember back in uh, back yeah. in the day when you could save like your top contacts, like that's uh, probably Jerem has Dennis Pitt at the top of his top contacts on T-Mobile or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could still favor it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guaranteed. Actually, you're, you're right on that, dude. Guaranteed. Jerem Jordan has favorites on his phone and they're just like all BYU athletes that he's never actually called, but they're just in there. And then he just flashes it to people when they're sitting next to him at the game. Like, oh, look at look at my top contacts yeah. on here. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. And then Greg Rebell is probably just like somewhere in the mix too. Okay, I've got one for you. Who's uh, uh-huh. who's the most likely to pick a fight at Rancheritos? <laughs> Speaking of, we probably still need to do an analysis of that sometime on the podcast oh, where we're just going through and – and talking about how Zach Stout just got his ass beat on that whole thing and just embarrassing. And that should have, if there was any indication that he was going to be a terrible linebacker and that BYU was just going to be a bad team for the next few years, the Rancheritos video was it. Yeah. That, anyway. That whole recruiting class, by the way, total tangent, but that whole recruiting class was such a bust. You had Jake Heaps, Zach Stout, and time. Ross Apo all big in time. the same class, all complete busts. I think I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess who I think you have. All right. I don't know actually. I think you have Caleb Loner. Nope, I've got Barcelo on there. Really? You think Barcelo's kind of got that attitude? With, oh, he seems him? like a hothead, man. You can tell he he gets like he gets the red face when he gets pissed. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's probably true, actually. The thing is, I just really like Barcelo, but that doesn't do too. stop no, it but from he's, he's, he not being like true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. He, he probably, but the difference being is that he's a hothead enough and he's fiery enough that he probably would actually do damage to some guys calling him out um, at Rancheritos. Well, at least it would be someone close to his size as opposed to Zach Stout, who was two or three times the size of the kid who beat him up. So <laughs> be a more fair, fair fight. Enough. All right, how about most likely to go into coaching? I'm going to go Barcelo on that one. I don't think so. I disagree. I think Barcelo, I mean, he's a transfer, right? Not that just because you transfer you don't want to coach, but like maybe maybe someday, but he's going to do all he can to extend his actual playing career. And I think he's going to have a long career in Europe because of that. That's fair. I can agree with that. Um... But I think for coaching, I think it's going to be Jesse Wade, actually. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just the Gonzaga transfer. I feel like he's still just kind of a an unknown. I just we haven't seen enough of him to. Yeah. To know, but maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think when you when you play for um, Mark Few, currently a top three coach in the country, uh, and then move on to BYU with Pope, and Pope's certainly not even close to the top three, but um, he's just kind of one of those new up and comers that a lot of people are excited about, and a lot of people like they, he has a lot of. Uh, you know, top analysts' attention and things like that. He probably is on the radar for a lot of programs across the country to keep an eye on. Um, so Jesse Wade, in other words, has that benefit of having learned from some potentially high-profile coaches. And he can kind of use that in his favor, leverage that, get a good coaching gig, a grad assistant job somewhere, and then go from there. Yeah, maybe. Um, I got one for you. Uh most likely to flip off a grandma on the freeway. Uh, you, that you have my vote on that one. I know yeah. you're not on the I, team, I, but I, one, I, I 100% know you've done that. I don't know if I've done that. I've been flipped <laughs> off by a grandma, but not. <laughs> but I did. I don't think I've ever. Probably because you flipped her off first. <laughs> no, actually, no. That was not the case in this situation. Um, but I, I have loner for that one. He just seems like someone that. Would uh would <laughs> would react that way to a situation on the road? I have no reason for it other than just the way he looks. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, I I would bet you uh Colby Lee is most likely to cut off a grandma without knowing it on the freeway. Yeah, for he just seems like a, he kind of seems like an oblivious driver to me. Yeah, so along those same lines, uh, would you say Lee would be the most likely to forget his basketball shoes on a road game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I had Baxter for that one. <laughs> he kind of looks good. oblivious, too. I think too. they both they both could be pretty obliv- oblivious just by the, the spacey looks they have on their face. Um, all right, most likely to relegate themselves to making recordings wishing random BYU fans a Merry Christmas. <laughs> as a side gig oh man um i think maybe harward <laughs> trevin nell <laughs> yeah i guess you gotta he, I, that's a hard one because i don't no one on this team has really made a big enough name for themselves yet that they're uh that they would have the stock in doing that like no no one's gonna care if anyone on the current roster wishes them a Merry Christmas. Yeah, you have to elevate to a certain level of stardom before that before that becomes a yeah. factor. You don't necessarily have to get to Jimmer status, but yeah, you probably need you to be a lot more famous. Um, um, let's see. Um, how about <laughs> um, most likely to star in Cobra Kai? Oh, dude, Caleb Lohner would be fantastic for that. He just looks like he's in Cobra Kai already, kind of. But do you know who looks exactly like one of the Cobra Kai characters? Is Erickson. He looks like uh, Hawk on Cobra Kai. Have you watched the show? Yeah, I've seen the first season at least. He does look like Hawk. That's he, a good he, Honestly, he could be like his double in that show. <laughs> All except for the cleft lip thing. Yeah, and they could, they could but, put that in with makeup. Well, yeah, that kid actually on the show doesn't really have a cleft lip either. So, for some reason, they felt like it was appropriate for his character to have one. But, 
Yeah, that's good. Hunter Erickson. He's still rocking the bleached hair, it looks like. Yeah, and I, I'm still waiting for him to have his moment because I, when I watched the, um, the blue-white scrimmage earlier in the year, he actually looked pretty solid. It wasn't even the blue-white. It was that practice that they televised. Um, I, oh, yeah. I still think he might make an appearance later in the year and, and give, us a, give us a boost in one of these games. We'll see. Yeah, could be. All right, my last one. Most likely to break the honor code. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like uh, i got to be careful with this question. Be um, careful, dude. Be careful. I'm going to go Baxter. He looks like he doesn't care. yeah that's probably a safe bet actually but you know i'm gonna go with alex barcelo on this one um they did a byu tv did a special on his girlfriend she's pretty hot and i'm just gonna say it she's a smoke show yeah (laughs) i wouldn't blame funny side story one of my good buddies sat next to her on a plane on his way to salt lake city one time when he was visiting here he was actually coming from mesa to visit here for a little bit he's a he's a surgeon down in phoenix and he sits next to this girl on his plane and he's just smitten he's just like she is beautiful and she's amazing in every way and they're talking and she starts mentioning like yeah like i've been kind of dating this guy he actually just transferred up to byu to play basketball turns out it's barcelo he's talking to barcelo's kind of girlfriend i guess but my buddy like never got a feel that she was like owned up to the fact that that was his girlfriend and so he was like i think he even got her number so if this gets back to barcelo we may have just broken up a relationship granted this was over a year ago but yeah so kind of funny little side story about that but well yeah i just think that's a good opportunity there though because every girl wants to have that like met a guy at an airport or on an airplane story and so you're if, if you happen to get in that situation where you're sitting next to a girl like that you got to shoot your shot <laughs> wait why does every girl want that i, I wasn't know. aware of this i just feel like they would rather meet a guy on the airplane than than on mutual or bumble or tinder or any of those things or any dating they, app they're just very sentimental people women are so that i guess does it with the superlatives kind of maybe we can wrap it up with this i'm gonna give you a tweet and i want you to guess if it's from Irvin magic johnson or jimmer all right and the reason why i'm doing this is, is because when we talked about how like milk toast boring ass twitter feed jimmer has uh it made me think like magic is kind of known as having the most boring twitter as well so i thought it'd be kind of funny to compare the two um all right jimmer or magic this football game though dot 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 wow dot hashtag chiefs hashtag texans Oh, I'm going to go... I'm going to say Magic on that one. Nope, that was Jimmer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Magic or Jimmer? What a game! Exclamation point, exclamation point. Well, the last one was Magic, so I'm going to go Jimmer on this one. That was Magic. (laughs) (laughs) 0 for 2. 
Oh. All right. Jimmer Magic. Tonight at Clayton Kershaw silenced all of the critics by winning his first World Series. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Uh, magic. Yep, good call. That was magic. He has a vested interest in the Dodgers, so that was kind of a giveaway, I guess. But, um, Jimmer or Magic. Now predictions on TH rest of this game. He, he meant to say the, but didn't. Who you got? That sounds like a Jimmer question. That is a Jimmer question and a Jimmer typo. It's embarrassing. Happy Memorial Day! Exclamation point. American flag, American flag, American flag. That's going to be magic. No, that was Jimmer. <laughs> All right. I don't know why I find that tweet so like, <laughs> t- tremendously terrible. I'm telling all of his followers, um, happy Memorial Day. All right, two more. Jimmer and Magic, happy Mother's Day to all the amazing moms out there, exclamation point. We appreciate all you do, exclamation point. Uh, magic. That was Jimmer. Oh, man. I don't know Jimmer as well as I thought I did. I'll, I will admit I do not. I do not follow Jimmer on social media. It's it's just too painfully boring to uh, to see his. Content. No, neither do I. Yeah, neither do I. I definitely had to like seek these out. All right, last one, Jimmer or Magic. With the Packers having home field advantage in the playoffs, they will be tough to beat because of the cold weather and the snow! Exclamation point. <laughs> I'm gonna go Magic on that one. Ding, ding, ding. I think you went three for seven. Yeah. Not, I mean, Did you get three of them? It, pr- it proves how good of a segment uh, I have an idea this was because uh, they, they are pretty uh, difficult to differentiate. <laughs> they just imagine yeah. the most boring person possible, and that's what you get on their social media. Seriously, man. Like, either they need to hire new interns or hire new personalities because, my goodness – I mean, at least um, Magic. At least Magic had the NBA career that allowed him to be like he's allowed to be boring. Jimmer, you know, he never really got there, so it's a little bit more embarrassing for Jimmer. Yeah, true. All right, Chase. Well, we'll sign off and hit it back another time. All right, go Cougs. Go Cougs.